You're listening to the DNB Supply Radio Show, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Radio Show. So good to have you back again today. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and thank you very much for joining us. Well, I will tell you what, there is a great, great cultural event festival coming up here shortly in our region of southwest Idaho and eastern Oregon. And I wanted to do an interview and tell you all about it. And that is the 22nd annual Trailing of the Sheep Festival in the Wood River Valley of Idaho. Sun Valley, Ketchum, Haley, you all know exactly where I'm talking about. Just an absolutely beautiful area of our state. And it just doesn't get any more beautiful than in October up there in the Wood River Valley. Now, they have got such a rich tradition in agriculture in the Wood River Valley, especially when it comes to herding sheep. And several years ago, there was a meshing of the new culture, the people moving into the Wood River Valley, and the old culture with the sheep ranchers, and it turned into the Trailing of the Sheep Festival. And today, we're going to have on Laura Musbach-Drake, the executive director of the Trailing of the Sheep Festival, to tell you exactly what it's about, the history of it, some of the new things that are happening this year, and all the different reasons that you should attend and enjoy this wonderful event. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. I am excited to speak to you, and uh, I am very jealous of where you get to live and what you get to do, and we're going to get into all that here really quick. I wonder if we might just start off by having you introduce yourself to our audience and just tell us a little bit about yourself and and what life looks like for you on a day-to-day basis. Sure. My name's Laura Drake, and I live in Haley, Idaho now. I've lived here for seven years. I actually moved to Idaho from St. Louis, Missouri, which was a big move, um, but have settled in nicely. And I am now the executive director of the Trailing of Sheep Festival. Did you come directly from St. Louis to Haley? Yes, (laughs) Um, I did. But my brother's been here. I know. But my brother's lived well now um, at that time about 15 years. And so I had visited and I was certainly familiar with the area and my kids were young and it was a great place for a fresh start. So we've been happy here. Oh, got it. Okay. I was going to say St. Louis is a rather large city and (laughs) Haley's a lot different than that, but you had some exposure. It sure is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, very good. Well, was it becoming the executive director of the Trailing of the Sheep Festival that brought you here, or was that something that you were able to kind of grow into once you arrived? Yeah, it's something I grew into. I, um, I've been working with nonprofit organizations in various capacities for my entire career, and that's what I'd been doing in St. Louis. Um, I had worked for organizations, and then I had consulted, and then I was running my own freelance business, primarily working with nonprofit organizations doing event planning. And when I relocated here, I've worked with a few different nonprofits in Idaho and then came on board with the Trailing of the Sheep Festival in 2015 and doing some different projects and then became the executive director in 2016. Well, let's do this. So we have so many new people to the area. We've got people in our listening audience who are in Oregon and they might be looking for a great getaway in early October, which is beautiful in the Wood River Valley where you live. If you could take a moment just to explain to everybody what the Trailing of the Sheep Festival is. Sure. So the Trailing of the Sheep Festival this year is October 10th through the 14th. So if you don't have your plans, and we hope you're going to make some to get here. 
And it's a five-day festival now that happens in Sun Valley, Haley, and Ketchum. Our events spread throughout the valley. And this is our 22nd annual, our 22nd year of hosting this festival. It was started actually about 25 or 30 years ago in a more informal way when the our recreation district, our local recreation district, went to put in a recreational bike path that connected the different towns in our valley. And they approached a lot of the sheep ranchers because where this bike path was going to go was going to cross over several of the natural driveways for the sheep that had been using for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. And the rancher said, no problem, go ahead and put in the bike path, but we still will need to trail our sheep up and down the valley, you know, once in the fall and once in the summer. And so it was agreed upon and the bike path went in. And then we had a lot of sort of urbanites, as I am too, nothing wrong with that, second homeowners, even visitors. And they were wondering why the sheep were on their bike path and leaving behind a little unwanted <laughs> things um, that were getting in the in their bike tires and their skateboards and their rollerblades. And so our founders, Diane and John Peavy, said, you know, we need to teach people about the history and culture of this area and of sheep and of ranching. And so 25 or 30 years ago, they invited a few people to a local coffee house and said, come on and have a cup of coffee with us. And we're going to tell you the story of the sheep here. And then you can go trail the sheep with us. And so they did that the first year and a few people came and then they did it the next year and more people came and they did it again and more people came. And after a few years of these little coffee chats and small trailings, They, along with some other people, said, we have a festival here. So 22 years ago is when it was formally put together as a festival, and we've just grown from there. That is a great story, and what a great way to... To mix, you know, the agricultural heritage with the with the newcomers into the area and kind of make it all a cohesive cultural event. Yeah, and so now what, what our event really is about is educating and celebrating the culture of sheep ranching and herding and sheep in Idaho and in the West. And that's what we continue to do. All of our events are designed to celebrate, educate, share, and bring all these things to people who maybe have come for 22 years, or maybe this is going to be their first time. And we want people to have a great experience understanding why this festival exists. And and it's so unique. There's really hardly anything like it. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's kind of get into the specifics of what people can expect if they make the trip up to Haley and up into the Wood River Valley. And we'll get into the specifics of it. Okay, Laura? Sure thing. Carhartt makes gear to get you through anything. So DMB Supply offers a wide selection to outfit any day, any task, and any weather. Built to stand the test of time and have your back no matter what comes your way. Carhartt clothing keeps you comfortable all day long. And for extra hard jobs, check out Carhartt Force, the line that wicks sweat, fights odors, releases stains, and works as hard as you do to outlast them all. Get decked out in Carhartt at DNB. If you're like most homeowners, you have places where you don't want any kind of grasses or weeds to grow. Places like a patio, driveway, gravel path, or fence line. But here's good news. You can get rid of unwelcome plant growth by spraying those places with Ortho Ground Clear Vegetation Killer. One application starts working immediately to kill existing weeds and grass, and it prevents new growth for up to a year. So keep your property looking neat and clean. Get Ortho Ground Clear Vegetation Killer today. All right, Laura. Well, let's do this. Tell us how the festival works. Obviously, there's several days of things going on, but let's start off talking about the actual trailing of the sheep. So I want people to know just how literal this is. 
<laughs> yeah. So really the, the trailing of the sheep is the culmination of the five days. It's really one of the last activities of the entire festival, but it still is the centerpiece of who we are and what we do. And what that is, is the big sheep parade, which is always on Sunday at noon of our festival. So this year, that'll be Sunday, October 14th at noon in Ketchum. And what this is, is not a reenactment, but it's true living history. And we have one rancher's sheep that have been grazing all summer in the mountains. And they've come down out of the mountains and they would normally take the sheep driveway and head south for winter pasturing. And instead of taking them down their natural driveways on the outskirts of town, we bring them down Main Street and Ketchum so that everyone can celebrate this part of our history and our culture. Wow. Very cool. How many sheep will there be coming down Main Street there in Ketchum? So it's a band and a band of sheep is between 1,500 and 2,000. It varies a little bit depending on the rancher and, you know, what their instances have been like with their sheep over the summer. But it'll be about 1,500 sheep trotting down Main Street for everyone to see and enjoy and celebrate. Wow. How long does it take to get all of those sheep through town? Well, so our the sheep are the last part of our parade. We do have some other performing groups and um, sheep camps and teams that head off the parade from the beginning. And then the sheep bring up the rear. And from the beginning of the route to the end, um, they trot along pretty fast. You'd be surprised. It's only a few minutes from when huh. the sheep hit town to when they're out of town. <laughs> so I've got to ask, this is going to be such a naive question, but what keeps the sheep from scattering up and down all the different side streets and, and taking off everywhere when they see all these people and, and all of this activity going on all around them? Yeah, so that's a really good question because, as you might imagine, these sheep have seen maybe one to three human beings <laughs> for several months over the summer, and then all of a sudden they see 10,000 human beings standing on the street looking at them. So their guard dog usually is in front. Um, they're used to following their, their dog. We also have not only the rancher whose sheep it is, but several other of our ranchers and ranching families that are involved with our festival who escort them through the street. So these are people who, who know the personalities of sheep and what's going to spook them and how to keep them moving along. So we, there's a whole system in place to make it all happen, but it's very natural. And I can't say the sheep are used to it because we have different sheep, but they do follow along. They follow the herd. Well, I want to get into the specifics of what is offered for everybody to come up and all the different things they can be involved in. But let's start like this. I know there's some things that are new this year that we want to make sure and let everybody know about. Could you tell us what's new? Yes, I'd be happy to. So our Sheep Tales gathering is always the storytelling aspect of our event, which has been around since the very beginning. And it happens on Friday nights this year at the Sun Valley Opera House, we're screening a couple of films. And the first is called Gaucho del Norte. And it is a documentary film that follows a couple of herders who leave their countries abroad and come over here to work as herders. And it happens, uh, some of the ranchers featured in this particular film are Idaho sheep ranchers. Mm -hmm. And it really tells the story of this worker, you know, who makes this choice, this lifestyle choice and leaves his family to try and you know, do better by them um, by making money in this industry. And so it's a, it's a really interesting film. And one of the filmmakers is going to be with us to talk about it. So we're excited about that. And we're going to open up that evening with a short film that Carolyn Dufarina did called Sheep Herders with Cell Phones, <laughs> which speaks to kind of the same topic with the advances in technology. It's, a, it's an interesting glimpse into the world of the herder getting to the right spot at the top of the mountain to try and find the cell tower that will allow him to make a call home. And then the rancher who has to meet him out there to change out the battery every once in a while. So that's an interesting glimpse also into the life of a herder. 
and we're pleased to be bringing those films uh, to everyone on Friday night. And then we have we'll have ranchers as well as both filmmakers present to do a Q and A. So that's that's always an interesting part of our evening, and and really one of the primary parts of the entire festival is the storytelling because part of keeping the history alive is by sharing the stories of what's happened in the past and so that's a and what's happening going to happen in the future so that's new this year we're also thrilled to to be doing an encore presentation of a film we did last year that sold out which is the shepherdess of the glaciers the filmmaker stands in from india will be back with us to screen his film again and it is a beautiful documentary that has won international awards It's a story he filmed about his sister, who's one of the last shepherdesses in the high Himalayas. Hmm. It's a beautiful piece of work. And if you saw it last year, come back and see it. And if you haven't seen it, this is your chance. It's, It's a really beautiful film. And then in addition to those things in our films, we're bringing in a really fun band, which is the party part of our weekend at Whiskey Jacks and Ketchum. And it's the Dusty 45s out of Seattle. Some people may have heard them perform somewhere in the Northwest, but they're going to be a whole lot of fun for us. We're thrilled to bring them in. And then um, we have a new performing group, the Ruby Mountain Artie Balta, which is a bass group that does more modern bass dancing. And they'll be performing at our Folklife Fair on Saturday and in the parade on Sunday. And they haven't been with us before, so we're excited to have them this year. Wow, that sounds like a big party. And we're just touching on the new stuff so far. (laughs) So far, that's, yeah, some of the events have happened, but these are new elements to them. So, yes, it's it's a packed five days of events and activities, that's for sure. Well, let's take another break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about some of the other events I see on here and and how this all relates to uh, Idaho agriculture and regional agriculture as well. Okay, thanks. Get pro-grade tools at primo prices at D&B's DeWalt Tool Sale, October 17th through the 28th. Save up to $200 on select tools like the FlexVolt Brushless Premium Hammer Drill and Impact Driver Kit. Then top it all off with serious savings on the rest of the lineup, too. Power up your fall and make filling up your tool shed easier than ever at the DeWalt Tool Sale, October 17th through the 28th, only at your favorite D&B Supply. You work hard, you play hard, and you wear burn. Durable clothing that fits the bill no matter what you're up to. Available at your favorite D&B. Since 1915, Burn has supplied busy Americans with workwear made right, made affordable, and made to get to work. Whether you're earning a living or just living large, Burn clothing is rugged, comfortable, and perfect for the whole family. Pick up Burn gear at D&B Supply and be ready for wherever life takes you. Well, Laura, now that we're back, I want to ask you about the relation of this to agriculture. I mean, obviously, just in the title, uh, we're talking about agriculture, but there's so many different things going on at the festival uh, regarding livestock and, of course, sheep specifically. I see cooking with lamb, uh, wool fest classes and things like this. How does this festival help to teach people about just what a versatile animal and what a productive and valuable animal sheep are? Yeah. Well, I think there's several arms to that. Um, The first thing you mentioned, our wool fest, which is our classes, which is spinning, dyeing, weaving with wool. And I think that that's becoming a bit of a lost art. And even for large manufacturers, a lot of people don't really pay attention to what they're wearing or how the wool gets from that animal to their sweater. Mm -hmm. And so I think by keeping the wool fest classes going, we also have a couple of ranchers who do the story of wool on Saturday. They repeat their story, some of the traditions and trends at our Folklife Fair. And so we really are trying to to help people understand fiber and how it gets 
from the ranch to your closet. So that's one element. The cuisine element, what we're doing has really grown over the years. We do, we have farm to table dinners and cooking classes and lamb at several of our events. And American lamb is having a bit of a resurgence, um, mm-hmm. especially with the young people these days. I think chefs are learning how to better prepare lamb. I think sometimes it got the old wrap of mutton that people were, were eating. And that's not what lamb is all about. And it's a very nutritious food that I think is, is often forgotten compared to maybe the beef industry or the pork industry. And so we're also trying to teach people how to prepare and enjoy lamb. And that's another element of what we do. I think also just by being in the presence of sheep, that's something new to a lot of people. And we talked already about the parade and, and being in the presence of 1,500 sheep. But even out at our sheepdog trials, you know, they watch the border collies work at how to herd sheep. And that's a whole other element of the industry. So we're really proud to be not only celebrating, which is a lot of things we've talked about already with a lot of our events that are um, more cultural in nature, but certainly the education part is a huge part of who we are as a festival. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I I try and buy as much wool as I can, jackets, socks, base layers, shirts. I really do. And I I absolutely love wool and it lasts forever. Uh, It's an unbelievably nice product. And and I'm with you. I I feel like it's making a comeback. You see so much more of it now, especially in terms of athletic clothing and and things like that. But uh, I I love wearing wool, but I buy it for the quality and for for the longevity. And it's such a you know, such a good look at, especially out here in the West. Uh, it's a great fabric to wear, but the new thing to me is cooking with wool. Uh, my, my daughter has decided to show sheep every year in the County fair down here in Mm. Canyon County. And so we always buy a a, a companion lamb to raise up with it. And so we started, uh, butchering a lamb and, and eating, Eating lamb. Did I say eating wool? Because that would be odd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little tough, but you can wear wool and eat lamb. That's yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you. But anyway, absolutely delicious. I love it. And I, I, we raise beef, and that's what always has been my thing. But I will tell you what, lamb is just absolutely delicious. And I thought I would just automatically mess it up, but I don't. It is just great. Yeah, and we're thrilled this year. In addition to the story of wool that we have a couple of ranchers sharing at the fair, the executive director of the American Lamb Board is going to be with us this year, and she's doing the story of lamb. So we really are we really are educating, and I think it's wonderful to see that so many of our area chefs, I'm not sure about everywhere in the world, but I know here locally, many are serving lamb dishes on their menus regularly. And so not only does this promote the industry and promote the nutrition nutritional aspects of lamb, but it also certainly helps with chefs learning how to prepare it and then that way, consumers are enjoying a well-cooked dish. Well, let's talk about your farm-to-table dinner really quick as well. Obviously, that's going to feature lamb, but what other producers, local producers or regional producers, will be contributing to that? So we have two farm-to-table dinners this year, one on Wednesday night, the night the festival opens, and one on Thursday. And we have a different rancher each night providing the lamb. And um, we have them at our local Wood River Sustainability Center. And they're kind of our local year-round farmer's market, as well as do a lot of uh, private events, catering events, farm-to-table dinners year-round. And they use locally sourced food, produce, and everything else. So not only will lamb be the centerpiece of those meals, but it will be rounded out by some wonderful local foods 
um, natural and organic from our area. And so those are really fun, more on the intimate side, uh, dinners that you sit down kind of family style and enjoy. And it's really a great opportunity to get to know some people that are attending the festival, to get to know the rancher and hear, again, you know, literally from, from farm to table, from ranch to table, what you're eating, and then just enjoy each other's company as we start the festival. Let's take another break. When we come back, I want to ask you some more about the sheepdog trials. Okay. Thanks. At DMB Supply, we don't let anything bog us down because we have bog boots, the ultimate footwear for working outside in any weather. Bogs are made to face the elements no matter what. Mud? No problem. Snow? Plow right through. Water? Make a splash. They'll keep your feet warm and dry in any season, anywhere you want to wander. With styles and sizes for every job and everyone in your family, pick up a pair of bog boots. Available now at your favorite D&B. Are you ready for a steal? Then stop by D&B to pick up steel power tools. German engineered, these power players offer quality that never quits. Like the Steel MS-271 Farm Boss Chainsaw. Available for just $429.95 with a 20-inch bar and chain. Show your project list who's boss and leave it in your sawdust. With legendary chainsaws, dependable trimmers, forceful blowers, and epic tools of the trade, steel powers through anything. Grab a steel at your favorite D&B supply. All right, Laura. Well, let's talk about the sheepdog trials. Now, if nobody has ever watched, uh, or not if nobody, but if, if some people have never watched uh, sheepdogs work, uh, they are fascinating what they can do. I wanted to ask you, how far and wide are your competitors for the sheepdogs trials coming from? Usually they're the Pacific Northwest, but definitely not Idaho specific. Um, we're just firming up our list of handler applications right now. But typically we have kind of Idaho, Oregon, Wyoming, Montana, maybe Canada, so the Pacific Northwest primarily is where is the region that most of our handlers come from. In in the trial, they all have to do the same thing and they get judged, I assume. What are some of the things that these dogs have to do to compete? So this is a national qualifying trial. And so they're earning points to make their way on to nationals. And so there's a course that is set that every dog runs. It's a timed course and they have five sheep that the they're almost all border collies that the dog has to get from the beginning of the course down to the end of the course and into a pen. And they are usually given uh, whistle calls by their handler primarily, and that's how they follow, follow command. They also, of course, have a lot of natural instinct in this process, and it really is fascinating to watch. And also, the handlers like our trials in particular because some of the other trials that they might participate in the sheep are more used to being herded and the sheep that we use are another local ranchers. And these sheep have been out in the mountains all summer and now we're separating them into groups of five and having a dog herd them. So they don't really know what's going on and it's really challenging for the dog and the handlers like that challenge. Very interesting. So yeah, the, the sheep are not kind of doing what they already know they need to do. Uh, they're all new to this in, in a sense. And so it makes for a more exciting competition maybe in that respect. Sure. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're used to being with their full band of 1,500 to 2,000. And then we use about 300 sheep for the sheepdog trials. And then they're, they're herded through the course by the dog in groups of five. So you can imagine this is not typical or natural 
for the mm-hmm. sheep, but it is, it doesn't harm them in any way, of course. Um, but it, it's challenging for the dog and, and for the handler. And they, they like participating in our trials for that. That's one reason they do. It's also really exciting. And our trials are now two and a half days. We had so much interest from handlers that a couple of years ago, we extended to a, a third partial day. And so we're really thrilled to be able to bring the trials back again this year. Anybody who is, who has never watched this, I think would be blown away to see what these dogs can do. It's really, really incredible. Just the instinct and then how smart they are and how they respond to their handlers. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, it's amazing to see how they interact with the sheep because they really don't hear their handlers' commands until they're near the end of the course trying to get them into the pen. Uh-huh. And so it's their natural instinct that gets them with the sheep from the beginning of the course to the almost end of the course. And so it really, they're fascinating to watch. It's fascinating when you have sort of a runaway sheep and what the dog does to, to re-herd them. And, and I just encourage anybody to come out and watch. They're really fun to watch. So along the same lines of dogs, uh, obviously with bands of sheep, you've got your herding dogs, but you've also got your, your livestock guardian dogs. Is there anything, any education or anything going on there with, uh, with that aspect of, of this industry? Yeah, we don't do we don't do a lot. I mean, we've done some educating through communication pieces that we do that could go to our constituents, which we're happy to always add new constituents to our monthly um, newsletters that come out. And, and this year, we did a whole piece on the guard dogs. The main thing that, and this maybe uh, may seem small, but it's actually really big. But we try and teach people a little bit on parade day because people want to bring their personal pets and their dogs with mm-hmm. them to the parade. And we we really try to educate and teach people absolutely not. And the reason it's not because your dog isn't cute and friendly and loves sheep, but it's because that Great Pyrenees is trained and it is their job to attack your dog That's right. because it's protecting the sheep. And so, you know, we, we've tried to do some education in that way and have people learn, learn about it. But beyond that, we don't have anything really dedicated to the guard dogs, but we certainly, you know, with all the ranchers around and, and our volunteers and our team and our board members, we help people ask questions. And, and, and there's a lot of really knowledgeable people at most of our events. I think at all of our events, actually, um, who are part of the industry in some way. So, we're always happy to share more information. Yeah, it's great for the education and all of that. And along those same lines, you have the sheep ranchers uh, question and answer session. What, can you think of some of the most common questions that the sheep ranchers get asked every year? You know, I don't, I don't know if it's common. I think um, we've got some great storytellers, as you might imagine, in a sheep rancher. And when they get going on their stories, you know, everything just kind of falls from there. And uh, lots of our ranchers are, you know, multi-generational families of ranchers. And so they have stories going back, you know, hundreds of years about their families and their ranches. And the afternoon opportunity on Friday at the community library with, with ranchers, and then the opportunity Sunday morning with John P. Our, our founder and then his stories they're just a great place to gather mm-hmm. and get a more intimate session of storytelling with some of these ranchers and their family their family history with ranching their their stories on the ranch and what the future holds one more break laura and then uh, let's wrap it up we'll talk to everybody about some of the folk life things you do there and where they can find out more information so they don't miss this great event all right Okay, thank you. When cool fall weather comes, you might as well look cool, too. That's why D&B carries Wrangler, with jeans and clothes made to roll with the times for people who work hard and have fun. The defining Western brand since 1947, Wrangler is a true original, designed in the spirit of courageous individuality, just like you. With new styles and great fits, they're real comfortable, too. 
get fit for fall, and get into Wrangler jeans at your favorite D&B supply. DMB's got just the feed for every horse at every life stage. Purina Strategy. Whether your horses are growing, breeding, showing, or performing, Purina Strategy delivers the right density of protein, energy, and fat with less starch for more endurance and overall stamina. It's true. The standard in horse feed just got better. Our Purina Strategy horse feed now includes Outlast Supplement to support the gastric health of every horse in your barn. We'll see you soon at your favorite DMB Supply. All right, Laura. Well, let's talk about the folk life aspect of the festival. So, obviously, in Idaho, we've got a rich heritage that involves Basque people, and that involves sheep. So, how does this all get incorporated into the Trailing of Sheep Festival? Yeah, I think if I had to summarize one day and one event that pulls everything together, it's our Folk Life Fair on Saturday, which this year will be on Saturday, October 13th, and it's in Haley. And it's it's in a park, so it has that it has that festival fair feeling just to begin with. But um, at that event, we have about sixty vendors, which are selling handmade wool crafts of some kind or um, lamb products. And um, we feature several restaurants and food trucks that are serving lamb for lunch. And then we have the performance aspect of it, and we have four groups that perform throughout the day: the bass and the Scots and the Peruvians and, um, as I said, the new group this year, which are also doing more modern Basque work. And it's an opportunity for people to watch them perform, some sing, some dance, some both, lots of instruments, and you can really sit there and get a sense of their culture. I mean, it's obviously only a taste of, of how deep the culture runs. But just by participating as an audience member, viewing, and, and sometimes they have you get up and dance with them. But it's a great way to, to absorb some of the culture of this industry. And then you have the Make It With Wool contest. And I'm always fascinated by this because I, it is such a ancient, if you will, art form of, of making things with wool. So who's, who's doing this and what kind of things are getting created in your contest? What are you seeing? The Idaho Wool Growers really run that, and we're a venue for the um, garments to be judged and the winners selected and announced. So um, they really, they're collecting applications, so I haven't yet seen um, how many, usually it's girls, young girls, um, that we have entered, but we're pleased to be partnering on this wonderful event, and it does keep that whole industry alive of working with wool and making garments with wool. Uh, Again, a a lost industry for the average person. And so we're happy to provide the venue for that uh, Make It With Wool contest here at the festival. Well, Laura, give us the dates again one more time and where can people go to find more information? Yeah, so the festival is October 10th through the 14th. We open on a Wednesday and we close on a Sunday. And our website is chock full of information, the schedule. Um, there's events by genre as well as um, by day. And, and everything you need to know is on our website, which is just trailingofthesheep.org, O-R-G. Well, what a wonderful event. Uh, so looking forward to it. And thank you so very much for coming on today and sharing all this with us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell everybody about it. We, we welcome people from near and far. Last year, we, we did a fun thing, and we had maps at some of our different locations and had people pin themselves on our maps. And people pin themselves as being from 37 states and 23 countries attending our festival. So wow. we've really we've become a bucket list festival, but we're always happy to invite new people in. And we welcome our, our loyal patrons back year to year. We have a lot of free events and a lot of things you can explore. So come out and join us at the festival this year. Wonderful. Thank you, Laura. Thank you.
Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>